Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a bunch of great stories, and our first story of the day is from Brody7838. Last chance indeed, just not the way he imagined. I've been taking my kid to this park in downtown my town for years. We always go in the late afternoon, which means two things. Everything's hot still, and only some parking spots will have shade. I should also mention my AC is broken, and I often bring our dog. So, obviously, I'm going to park in a shaded spot, if at all possible. And this is a busy park around this time. So, I may end up passing over several sunny spots in favor of one in the shade. Funny thing is, all the shaded spots are often full because, gasp, other folks like parking in the shade, too. Thankfully, no matter how busy it is, there's usually one curb spot that's close and partially shaded, so I often park there. It's a fully marked spot on the public roadway, but it is in front of a house that faces the park. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I started finding notes on my window claiming the spot's private for that house, and people can't park there. I knew that spot was public, but emailed the city anyways to verify, and they confirmed it was public right-of-way and public parking not reserved for the residents, etc, etc, fully covered all my bases. So I kept going to the park as per usual, getting a new note every time I parked in that spot. Finally, I got one that read, last chance. He had also reparked his car as close to mine as possible in front, to make it harder to leave, I guess? But in the process, also blocked the sidewalk. So I took a picture of the letter and of his car parked on the sidewalk, then left. When I got home, I compiled two emails, one to the city's public works, and the other to the city PD. In the first, I detailed how the resident was blocking the sidewalk and not letting people park in the public spots. In the second email, I explained how the resident was harassing people and touching cars. Finally, I looked up the property in the city's GIS map. I had a hunch based on the out-of-state plates that they were renters and, sure enough, I was able to find the actual owners of the property and fired off some messages on social media to them as well. Today I received a follow-up email from CityWorks that they're issuing a $30 ticket to the resident for blocking the sidewalk. The police are going to deliver it to also educate said resident on public parking. Welcome to the neighborhood, jerk. I mean, it's kind of just the way big cities work. But does anybody else think it kind of sucks that there is a parking space literally in front of the place you're renting and it's public parking so somebody else is probably going to be parked right there all the time? Let me know if that should just be accepted and moved past as part of city living or if that would annoy you too in the comments down below. Our next story is from Sir Tippy in Pink. Ask me to pay you back for a gift? No, I don't think I will. This is a very small little revenge that I had on my ex. It came to nothing really, but I wanted to share. So my ex, 21-year-old male, and I, 21-year-old female, broke up in early June. And I've been a little annoyed with some of the things he's done before, during, and after our breakup, so I wasn't feeling particularly generous with him at the time of this story. So there's a really big music festival happening this weekend in our country. 
You go there and you camp for the weekend, and you can pay about 30 euro extra, plus Ticketmaster fees, to head in the evening before the festival and set up your tent, have a decent camping spot for your friends, etc. This event hasn't happened for the last two years due to COVID, so we bought our tickets in 2020 when we were still together. My ex bought two of the early camping tickets as well, and I offered to pay for mine, but he said that it was okay, and that was that. Well, now we're obviously broken up. I texted him about two weeks ago and asked if I could come around and pick up my ticket. I wasn't very presumptuous, I just asked if it was still mine and he said it was. He then said, yeah, that'll just be 30 euros, you can revolute me. Now, these tickets were still on sale on Ticketmaster and are still on sale now two days before they're needed. So I said, actually, I'd rather not have the hassle of coming over, I'll buy mine online. It cost me an extra 3 euros-ish in fees. There is no way he'll be able to sell his now because they're so easy to get online. So he's just out 30 euros because he annoys me. Best 3 euros I've ever spent. Future events and plans are always the most awkward thing in a breakup. If anybody out there hasn't experienced it, like having an event in a year or so that you plan on going with your partner, breaking up with them before then, and then that event rolling around, whether you're still planning on going or you canceled and just knowing how like different everything was a year ago. It's just awkward and it also can be kind of depressing, not gonna lie. This next story is from Prairie Crab, entitled Parker Gets His. This happened about 10 years ago. My husband and I went to the theater to see a blockbuster movie. It was right at 7 o'clock, so the parking lot was full to bursting. We had to park in another lot and walk. As we approach the theater, we find a very expensive sports car, I've forgotten what, parked sideways across two spots. We were disgusted. My husband wanted to scare the owner, so he picked up a big chunk of asphalt and carefully placed it on top of the car, with flattened waxed paper cups underneath so it wouldn't scratch the paint. Petty, definitely. The best part, after the movie we passed the car and found it completely covered in trash. Half-empty sodas, napkins, popcorn buckets, you name it. My husband's act had inspired everyone else to pile on. I wish we could have seen it when the owner came out. At that point, literally considering how trashed it was, that honestly might be worth it to just kind of hang around and see if they don't come out pretty soon. Maybe you make it a date and you just find another parking spot nearby and sit in your car and watch. Or maybe that's just a little ridiculous. Our next story is from Yam I Like This. I want another photo. We had a rude customer today, a 50-something Barbara and her teenage daughter strut in at around 4.45pm. We close at 5pm. They wanted passport photos done. We normally take two photos and then pick the best one and create the passport photo and put it through a passport checker and with an approval number, send it off to the customer. A 10-minute process for digital, also 10-minute for printed. The daughter asks to see your photo. So my colleague shows her, and the girl cringes. Colleague takes another two photos, same thing, the teenager doesn't like them. I mean, that's what you look like. Not much will change if we keep taking photos. A colleague tells the pair, I won't take any more photos, we have enough here, seven images in total. Mummy then says, we're paying customers, if my daughter doesn't like the photo, you will take a new one. Lol, what the freak? Anyway, she spouted on about how she needs her passport photos sent through tonight, all the while berating and belittling my colleague because, you know, the customer is always right energy. 
I walked over and offered her a refund and that we're okay without her belittling behavior, especially now that it's 4.52pm. She refused a refund and just wanted the photos and reiterated she needed them this evening. My colleague with red eyes tells me that it's okay and that she'll do them. She was doing prints at the time and digital image afterwards. 4.56pm and colleague hands over printed version and takes down mummy's details for the digital version to be sent through. Teenage daughter has been quiet. Anyway, they leave our shop. It's now 4.58pm and we decide to close our doors. Darn. Aren't you going to be surprised when we don't send through the digital version tonight, all because you were rude? We stop work after 5, so thank you Barbara, you entitled runt. Thank you for ruining the last 15 minutes of our day. I'm not gonna lie, Barbara is a very good Karen substitute name, but if you asked me, I feel like a Barbara would be like a Karen mother of a Karen. Like old granny Barbara. And now I'm also shuddering at the thought of two generations of Karens arguing with you. Also, by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Shame8891. Make me feel like crap? You don't get to have your favorite drink. I work graveyard at a 7-Eleven. We have a regular who we'll call Gabby, because that's her real name. Gabby lives to get our iced coffee but only the iced coffee from our store because we're the only ones that do it right. I don't understand this because one, the iced coffee isn't that good and two, it comes pre-mixed in a box that we stick in the machine where you push a button and it dispenses. There's nothing we can do to make it taste any different from any other location. This is important to remember, especially that she loves our iced coffee. Gabby comes in one night and heads for the Slurpee machine and proceeds to tell me the whole Slurpee station looks like crap, that it needs to be cleaned, the floors look like crap, and that I shouldn't be so lazy and clean up the store so it looks nice. I had just cleaned the store. I mopped, I wiped the Slurpee and coffee station like two minutes before she decided to grace me with her presence. She then goes to get her beloved iced coffee, and what do you know, the machine is empty. Now Gabby puts on this stupid sweet face and voice and asks if I could check in the back and see if we have more iced coffee. Sure, I can do that. And I go into the walk-in to see if we do have more. I see we do in fact have more, but I decide to spend a little bit more time looking, then go out to Gabby and tell her, sorry, we're all out of iced coffee. Our next truck delivery comes Friday. She leaves with only a Slurpee, and when her car leaves the parking lot, I then replace the iced coffee in the machine. Gabby, if you're reading this, I really don't give a crap. You shouldn't be a rude witch. All I know is, is if you took a survey of every job and ranked them from most likely to give a crap about their customers and what the customers think, to least likely, somebody who cleans and probably does cashiering for a 7-Eleven is probably pretty darn close to the bottom, I'm not gonna lie. So honestly, giving them like a critique on the condition of the store, you might just be talking to like a brick wall. Our next story is from Sailor Hufflepuff. Grandma gets some sticky revenge on her husband's mistress. Many, many years ago, when my grandma was still married to her second husband, my step-grandpa, liked to go to the local senior center. There, he met a woman and proceeded to start cheating on my grandma with her, even going so far as to introduce his mistress as his wife and say he and his grandma split. Before you ask, yes, she knew he was married. My grandma owned her own business selling hearing aids, and she would go to that senior center relatively often to give presentations. 
My grandma was so angry at this woman that she went to her house with a big bottle of syrup she got from Costco. She spread syrup all over her driveway, garage door, front stoop, front walk, front door, and yard. Then she just got in her car and left. I just want to imagine that this took place in some kind of like warm climate. So not only did that syrup get spread everywhere, but like it gets baked in the sun. Either way, I can imagine it would be both sticky and disgusting regardless. Our next story is from Dozing in the Garden. Push past me to the train. Have an uncomfortable ride. Truly petty, but truly satisfying. Had a bloke push past me on the train platform. Like, refused to acknowledge me, push me out of my physical space. Rude, but maybe he was rushing to get his connection. Nope. He plops right in front of me, waiting at the same train door opening that I was waiting for. Jerk. Doors open, and he makes a beeline for the only empty two-person seat. Turns out that every seat, all for two people, now has exactly one person sitting in them. Well, no skin off my back where I sit then. Just as he's stretching out and getting his elbow room going, I plop down right next to him and cuddle my phone in a way that keeps my elbows up. My commute is an hour long, and it looks like his is almost as long. He watches in dismay as seats empty and just looks so confused that I don't move out and take one of them. Just to be clear, if he wanted to move, I would have jumped up and let him. Anyway, still a jerk, he didn't even acknowledge me when he left. He flipped the now empty seat in front of us so that he could move without touching me. So I suppose he at least learned that you don't need to ram into people to get to where you're going. If somebody bumps into you and they don't say anything about it, let's say you're in a relatively public space like getting on trains, would you call them out on it out loud or would you just kind of quietly steam to yourself? I'd like to know what you guys would do in the comments. Our next story is from any ad 4695 Neighbors won't quiet down? Then I'll just drown out the noise. This was a few years ago when I was in nursing school. I moved into an apartment and learned pretty early on that the walls were thin. Therefore, I tried to keep the noise to a minimum, especially after 10pm. My neighbors weren't as thoughtful. At this time, I was working full-time and going to school full-time, so I averaged 16-18 to hour days most days of the week. During the day, I found it annoying to hear them yelling and playing music, but it wasn't their fault the walls were thin, so I invested in earplugs so I could concentrate when studying, etc. The issue was the noise continued into the early hours of the morning sometimes going on till 3 or 4 a.m. Doors slamming, music blaring, conversations being yelled from upstairs to downstairs, unnecessarily loud sexual activity, etc. I dealt with this for weeks, buying more expensive earplugs, sleeping downstairs. It was the person I shared walls with that seemed to be the loudest, but I could still hear a lot down there. After a few weeks, I left a nice message on their door explaining that I was in school and working full-time and requested for them to try and keep the noise down after 10pm. This was to no avail. I even resorted to banging on the walls when I was desperate enough and filed a noise complaint through the complex. Finally, one night, I got home around 11pm after having class and then going to work. While I approached my door, I could hear loud music blaring and I immediately started crying. Because this was the fourth day in a row, I had averaged a 16-hour day, and I had one more to go and knew I wouldn't get any sleep. I stayed up until around 3am trying to take advantage of the fact that I was up studying, but of course couldn't. That's when I got my petty idea. I had a MacBook with over 3,000 songs. 
because, you know, LimeWire. I listen to all kinds of music, rap, R&B, pop, rock, techno, gospel, classical, and some pretty obnoxious crap. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That I just liked. I woke up around 6 a.m. and synced my Mac to my speaker. I got ready for school, and right before I left, I turned the speaker to full volume and hit shuffle. I left knowing I wouldn't be home again until after 11pm. When I pulled up, I saw that all of my neighbors were sitting outside on their porch. I got out of the car, and they were staring daggers at me. As I was waking up, I could hear my music blasting and I just smiled. They watched me until I opened my door, and I looked over and said, y'all have a good night, as I walked into my house. I did note one of them giving me the finger. I kept the music going at full blast until about 2am when I was just too tired to be petty. Needless to say, I enjoyed a few months of peace and quiet after 10pm. Whenever they became too rowdy, I would bang on the wall and the noise would stop almost instantly. I moved out shortly after. I appreciate OP fighting fire with fire because... If all of the proper channels were exhausted and they didn't do anything about these people being ridiculous, what recourse do you have left besides giving them a taste of their own medicine? Give them the good old, I ain't getting no sleep cause of y'all. This next story is from Expensive Grocery 8531. I know it's been done before, but I had so much fun doing this myself. So my husband left his phone at the cash register of a big box do-it-yourself home store Saturday. He realized this when he got home. So he returned to the store, and the cashier told him, Yeah, the guy behind him took it. What the actual freak? He comes home, and I text his phone offering $50 to have it returned. I get nothing. Sunday night, he receives an email from his carrier that his phone is being reset to factory settings. The kicker is that the dirtbag with his phone had submitted his email somewhere in the process. So we have his email. I spent the rest of the night signing this email up for every annoying newsletter I could think of. He's now receiving daily updates from three erectile dysfunction newsletters, a couple of Mormon newsletters, a cross-dresser newsletter, a drag queen newsletter, a neonatal care newsletter. He's now a member of Moms for Liberty and apparently eager to volunteer in every way possible for them. I posted to Facebook what I was doing and one of my friends asked for the email. I shared it, and she pulled up a subreddit on when someone annoys you, how to sign them up for bulk emails. So he's now receiving over a thousand emails a day. Hope he enjoys his new phone. Apparently from what OP said, they tried every like step you would expect, and every step of the way they got shut down. 
The cops don't care because the phone was only $150. The store looked at their video and they were able to see they went into some Durango, but they weren't able to see the license plate. And the phone carrier was just only able to disable the SIM card. So all around, this whole situation just sucks. The tracking possibility of find my phone kind of irks me away from ever turning that kind of thing on. But this is definitely one of those situations where you realize it really would be nice to have that find my phone feature. Our next story is from Upper Potency 69, short and sweet. I'm going to keep this super short and sweet because that's what it is. So I work part time for a company and I DoorDash too to make extra spending money. Last weekend I logged in and started. It immediately pinged and gave me $8 for 2.5 miles. I said absolutely. I picked it up and headed in that direction. I got a call as I pulled into a strip mall parking lot where the address is and it's the customer. She tells me her receipt has her house address and I'm going to her work address. That's the address I have to go to. She starts swearing at me and being a super witch. All I told her politely was to contact DoorDash support to change the address to the correct one and I'll gladly drop it off. She told me no and that I had to. I said, okay ma'am, you have a great day, hung up and contacted support. They then canceled her order. I got full pay for it and they emailed me asking about her inappropriate behavior. Point being, I got her food, her money still, and she probably got told no to her order being remade due to her crappy attitude towards me. Be nice to people. I'm just here wondering, were they trying to like fake OP out? I'm just wondering how much further their work location was. Because I know on a lot of apps like DoorDash, if you're a certain distance away, they just won't offer that place to you. You know, maybe this is a way for the lady to get around it. Or maybe it's because they just wanted it to be picked up faster. I don't know. Either way though, they shouldn't have been a jerk. If they were nice about it, it probably could have worked out still. Our next story is from Gingersnapped818. Don't screw me over when you don't know what information I know. Many, many years ago, I worked as an office manager for a very small home security company. We did installations as well as monitoring. Think ADT on a miniature scale. It was the owner, myself, my assistant, and six technicians who were only there for about half an hour in the morning getting their trucks ready for whatever jobs they were working on owner was a colossal piece of crap. I had about an hour after the text left and before my assistant got there when it would be just me and him and he subjected me to many uncomfortable conversations, such as how he and his friends no longer get air jobs from their wives. While I was out for lunch one day, he harassed my assistant to show him her chest because she just had a baby and they were larger than they had been. Real stand-up guy. Owner was usually gone by three. So when the techs returned for the day, they would openly talk crap about him with me, mostly telling me horror stories about things he did over the years. What they didn't know was that they were providing me with information to get him in some real trouble. We also had a really good tech leave for another company, and he told me how screwed he was because owner doesn't register his tech as apprentices. So he basically had to start over in his field because he had no history of learning in a technical industry. I also found out that owner is the only licensed technician in the company. This is important because each job site without a licensed technician on site is a $10,000 fine. When you signed a monitoring contract with us, you entered a 5-year contract for $24.99 a month that automatically renews and should you sell your house at any point, the customer is responsible for 75% of the remainder of the contract. 
unless the new homeowner signs up with us. We don't even do the monitoring ourselves, it's a third party. Somewhere in the year plus I work there, I found out that when he cancels a customer with them, it costs him nothing. So to have our customer pay what could be a large sum of money is BS in my opinion. I had a customer cancel with us because he had to declare bankruptcy and sell his house. So I wasn't about to tell him he owed us money because they have a heart and a conscience and screwing people over for greed isn't in my nature. I was out with food poisoning for three days and upon my return was promptly fired for not doing my job because owner found the file on my desk. Here's my petty revenge. The Department of Codes and Standards got an anonymous letter about him not having licensed techs on his job sites. I got a cease and desist letter from his lawyer, so I know they took it seriously, but I unfortunately don't know if he had to pay any money. My question is, a cease and desist letter for what? For reporting the truth to the Department of Codes and Standards? I don't know what any regulatory body can do to an owner like this, but the sexual harassment alone is off the charts. Whatever they can do, they should do to this owner. Our next story is from Hokey Pokey Guest List. Bucket Woman versus My Dad and His Partner How does she crap people? Let me count the ways. Not literally crap people, although I guess that would be pretty cool, scientifically speaking. No, I mean as in give people the craps. Since I'm a spectacularly petty person, who's lying in bed with a swollen knee and a cut to her face, I've decided to vent my spleen by sharing small stories of neighborhood revenge against the Bucket Woman, just for something to do. I'm fine, small human is fine, and is currently doing tap dogs on my internal organs. I'm just cranky from pain and lack of sleep. This one happened when I was still in the leg brace. Long story short, my dad borrowed Martin's lawnmower to cut the grass out the back. Well, hop along here couldn't do it. Bucket Woman sees dad and his partner Jude pull up. And dad starts to unload the lawnmower from the trailer. Now, Dad and Jude are retired, so I guess you could say their dress code is relaxed pensioner. Plus, Dad was going to mow the lawn, so he wasn't wearing his Sunday best. She approaches Jude and starts speaking slowly to her. Are you the gardeners? Jude has a wicked sense of humor and responds in exactly the same tone and speed. No, we're not the gardeners. You may infer from this that Jude is from a non-European background, and you would be right. Bucket Woman doesn't believe her, or doesn't listen, and starts slowly giving Jude instructions about the work Bucket Woman wants done in my garden, including moving the fence posts and poisoning the grass along the fence. That's right, Bucket Woman was telling people she thought I had hired what work she wanted them to do in my garden, and expecting me to pay for it. Dad cut her off by putting on his ear defenders, noisily revving Martin's mower, then aggressively mowing the nature strip, making her jump out of the way. He also made sure he only cut my part of the nature strip. A lot of the neighbors will mow the whole nature strip because we like to be neighborly. Dad leaving Bucket Woman's part of the nature strip was a giant up yours. Further petty revenge, Dad will only talk to Bucket Woman in his native dialect on the rare occasions they meet. Jude, on the other hand, will only talk to Bucket Woman in the slow, clear, cut glass English she learned at boarding school. So Bucket Woman is not a new character, there's been a few stories with Bucket Woman featured before. My question is, where do they have all this time to bring themselves over to their neighbor's house and involve themselves in the neighbor's business? 
Like Bucket Woman must literally do nothing besides watch the neighbor's house and wait for a moment to jump out there for anything. Imagine giving up all the time to try to be creative and fulfill yourself, or I don't know, sleep for a while, and instead focus on whatever's going on at your neighbor's house so you can rush out there and throw yourself into the mix. Our next story is from I'm Not As Punk As You, Micromanage This. So this little bit happened back in my retail days. At the time, I worked at the Big Blue Home Improvement Store here in the States. We had gotten a new manager from Wally World, we'll call him AHMM, butt hat micromanager. He had years of retail experience and zero experience in any form of home improvement, so he seemed to feel he had to make his mark. At this point, I was about six years deep with the company, so I definitely had an idea of what I needed to do. Me being a young feller at the time, micromanager decided he needed to take me under his wing, which essentially meant he decided to completely retrain me from the ground up on a job I already knew how to do, while hovering over my shoulder every minute of it. I don't do well in this kind of environment and it drove me nuts. So after a few days of this, enter my petty revenge. At the time, we carried brick phones, one for each department. These phones would allow us to tap into the store's intercom system, which micromanager would use every night for closing to instruct everyone in the store how to close their departments. Something everyone already knew how to do. I had learned early on the code to cancel another person's page through another manager, so every night for about two months, each time he tried to do his nightly store-wide micromanage announcement, I would cancel it. He would then attempt again, and I would cancel it yet again. I did this so many times, he was convinced his phone was defective and got a replacement, only to find it was defective as well. I managed this until the other manager who had taught me how to cancel the pages in the first place caught me. He had to tell me to stop it in between bouts of laughter. Didn't get in trouble though, he was used to my hijinks. Honestly though, when you have to put up and deal with somebody like that, Sometimes these hijinks and pranks are just necessary. I mean, imagine knowing a job well and somebody comes in and is like, no, 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 you have to relearn. I know how to do it. No, 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 you have to learn. You need something to break that up. And our final story of the day is from Formal Fist Bump. Forgot to tell me about the piano? Fine. I used to work for a moving company and had a job doing a smallish apartment move. Sometimes on these jobs you get customers who think they know exactly how to do your job. Office workers suddenly being experts at manual labor, being rude and dismissive and putting on a macho persona, etc. These were those types of customers. Even though there were five of them, three guys and two girls, nobody had told us that amongst their few bits and pieces, there'd be a whole freaking piano to move from another location. They knew it was an additional service, Not only that, but they didn't want to pay for the extra five minutes it was going to take for me to stop off at one of our other vans to grab the special dolly we had specifically for piano moves. There was no way I wasn't using the dolly. So against all my advice and not wanting to back down, they drove on ahead to the house where the piano was to move it outside ready for the van. Because, how heavy could it be? On they went while I turned off to get the dolly. It was literally one street away, but I thought I would take an extra few minutes to let them find out exactly how heavy a piano is. This was all on the clock anyway. Sure enough, by the time I got there, three lads were in bits, sweaty and red-faced. The piano? 
They had moved it about a foot and a half and damaged the floor and the wall in the process. I put down the dolly, got the piano up onto it in a few seconds, strapped it up and wheeled it out the door. They didn't say a word when it came to unloading the piano at the destination. Sometimes when they question the expert, the best thing for the expert to do is allow them to figure out that they made a grave mistake. They should just be thankful that OP wasn't a little bit more spiteful and didn't just wash their hands of the situation and head home. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on the video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.